everyone, and welcome to this conversation presented by White House Custom Color. I'm Jed Toffer. Thanks for listening. You know, my wife Vicki and I have owned and operated our photography studio, V Gallery, for 20 years now. White House has been our lab for the last 16 of those years, and we could not be happier. White House is a family-run business, just like ours. If you haven't already, check them out at whcc.com. And if you want to drop me a line, feel free to email me at jed at whcc.com. Okay, Julia Woods, here we go again. <laughs> here I, we go, Jed. I, I get a smile, and I, I get a smile on my face because you were the first person that I spoke to for this podcast about thirty-four years ago when we first started. <laughs> it seems like it was a long time ago. Um, I was I was two years old, Jed. We're two years ago, right? Right. I was one. Because I know, because I know you're older than me. <laughs> Um, in any case i i i get nervous when i talk to you a little bit it's not a bad nervous it's kind of like the butterflies you get before you go on stage you know a little bit nervous because i don't know because i don't know what you're gonna say and i can say (laughs) that about everybody but you typically say things that have more weight behind them. And I understand that's your job and I understand that's what you're supposed to do. Um, but there's a little comfort in that for me, knowing that that's your job. Um, so let's start there and talk about yourself a little bit. Who are, who are you? Where are you? What do you do? Um, before we jump into what we're going to discuss. Well, you're going to invite me to describe what I do in a way I never have. Um, so I invite people into the uncomfortable because diamonds are created in the uncomfortable. There we go. And that's what I do. So I am a transformational coach and I specialize in helping couples create the fight for the marriage they want. Mm. Like we all fight, but are you fighting for the marriage you want or are you fighting for yourself? If you're fighting for yourself, welcome to the island of loneliness. If you're fighting for your marriage, welcome to the island of of beyond anything you ever thought was possible. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Now tell so who you tell the business and give the, you know, where do people go and all that stuff so they can yeah, do that so right away. My company's name is Beautiful Outcome. And uh, you can find me. The best place to reach me is on Instagram, which is um, at beautiful underscore outcome. And uh, I, I love to interact directly with people. So direct messaging me is <clears throat> the best way to get a hold of me. And you can always email me at hello at beautiful outcome if you're more comfortable with that. Okay. So we talked about at the beginning, like, you know, before we started recording, we talked about how this is going to apply to people that are in a relationship and have a partner that's beyond platonic. So you you don't have to be married, right? Um, You just have a significant other, whatever that looks like. And and we are going to be discussing things and I'm going to be, you know, pulling it back to, of course, and, and maybe you will be too, photographers, creatives, um, entrepreneurs that both are in business together to some degree, whatever that looks like, but you don't have to be right. It's right. not like, well, I'm, I'm not, my, my significant other isn't involved in my business with me. So this doesn't apply. No, if you have a significant other, this is going to apply. Um, but you and I both know what it's like to be in a business with, with our spouses, our significant mm-hmm. others. We are, we understand those challenges because we've lived them. And so we have all kinds of anecdotes, you know, that go along with that, but this is, this is bigger and broader than that too. Right. And so what the way I understand it is we're going to start by talking about this is broad to begin with. And then I, then you're going to drill down. I know when I'm, I'm holding on, I'm holding on to my chair, <laughs> but we're going to be talking about disconnection and connection first, right? Yes. Let's begin. <laughs> okay. So uh, one of the things I want to preface it with is this is human behavior. Mm-hmm. And I believe that marriage is the best arena on this earth to discover how we're behaving as a human. 
So these tools, what I'm going over with, this is in every relationship. I've had couples who learn this, transform their marriage, and then they transform their business partnership at work, that they're not even in their part, their business with their spouse. They change their relationship with their kids because this is human behavior. But as humans, the deepest longing of every human heart is to know and be known, to connect and to those moments where fireworks go off inside you because you're with this human and you feel so normalized, you feel human. You're like, oh my gosh, like we just connected on a level that I didn't know was possible. Well, our spouse is the one on this earth that we have the opportunity to do that the most often with and to the deepest levels. Sure. And so in each interaction, every conversation and every conversation is both verbal and nonverbal. Jeff and I, my husband and I could have an entire conversation without one verbal word being spoken. <laughs> so, okay. you know, it could include a few hand gestures at times. Oh, I bet. <laughs> so just recognize that communication, we're always communicating and 90% of communication is nonverbal. So we're doing yes. way more communicating without words. That's than what true. We realize. That's very true. Yes. Right. Yeah. So at all times, when we're communicating, our communication is either connecting me with my spouse, bringing me closer into a deeper level of connection with just with just one little caveat. My experience of marriage is um, one of the most beautiful things to me, the most beautiful thing about marriage is it is the love between a husband and wife is a reservoir that has no bottom. It's a bottomless reservoir that we can go as deep into love as we want to go. And we have a lifetime to go as deep as we're willing to go. But the depth that we're at is completely up to us. It's a hundred percent comes out of our willingness because in order to go deeper, I got to trust more. I got to be willing to connect further. I got to be willing to know myself better so that I can, you, I can allow you to know me more deeply. But it's, but on the other side of that, the first thing that comes to my mind is that I have to risk more or be Ex willing to risk more. Exactly. All those things take risk. I don't like that part. <laughs> well, but you do love, uh, I, 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 could guarantee you because you're human, you love feeling more deeply connected. Yeah, right. Okay, so this is, this is the first thing that's coming to my mind because you said it earlier. Our, what did you say? Our deepest desire is to uh, know and be known. Yes, the deepest longing of every human heart is to know and be known. Well, that, okay, so maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. I'm, I'm going to say maybe it's true. And I'm going to say, because it's a big claim, right? And so I want to dive into that a little bit. Okay. What if, because that sounds scary again to me, to know and be known. <laughs> I like knowing. I'm a big fan of knowing stuff. Um, but to be known, eh, eh, maybe I just want you to stay over there a little bit sometimes <laughs> with certain sure. things and in certain scenarios. And I don't mind knowing about you, but maybe <laughs> I don't want you to know about me. Maybe that's, yeah. maybe that's my deepest desire. This can be very true. And it is true. It is reality of what we choose as humans. Often we're not as aware as you are aware that we, we live in self-protection. Yes. Right? I like we're to be either, protected. We're either self-protecting or right. we're offering. Hmm. But I want you to think about the moments in your life where you have felt most fully alive. The moments hmm. that it goes through every fiber of your being and you're just like, I am so grateful I'm alive because I just got to experience that. Mm. How often is that out of a relationship with mm. another human being Okay, where you went to depths of levels of knowing one another and being known, owning your humanness that brought about the deepest meaningful moment you'd experienced? You know, I think uh, this, I'll just make a comment here because it's striking me right now with you saying this. I think it has occurred, the times that it has occurred in my life have been when we have come out of a very difficult experience that we went through together and we made it, right? We, we survived it. 
we, we grew as a result of the struggle and the suffering. And it was like, there we were on the other side of it. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of looking at each other and you have that connection because you both know, right. And you can both really emphasize, emphasize, empathize with the other person because you both did it. Right. Yes. It's, it's yes. that time. I think where I feel the most, maybe the most alive and, and there's great, you're, you're wash, you're a wash in gratitude. Right. Maybe. And, and thank yes. you're like, whew, right. And you're taking that collective breath together. Yes. And that's so been think in, about that. It's been in business and it's been in life. You know, like yes. we used to say that yeah. we used to say that working together, you know, the challenges are that much harder because you're working with your spouse, but mm-hmm. the victories on the other side of those challenges in particular were that much sweeter. And I think yes. that that's what I'm talking about. I think maybe that's okay, what good. you're saying too. It is what I'm saying. Cause okay. I want you to slow that down a minute. I want you to think about what's happening in those moments where you're overcoming a challenge together. Yes. Right. Because the powerful thing is let's use a plant for an example. Okay. Okay. What causes a plant to grow? It blew me away. Photosynthesis. You'd think, right. But that photosynthesis is actually connected to what's happening underground because what causes a uh, plant to grow is when it root, when it's root, breaks through an obstacle under the soil, the soil, that's what causes growth. So when it breaks through a rock, when it breaks through a tough layer of clay, when it breaks through something that's blocking it, that, and you have watched trees, trees will grow through a brick wall. They will grow through, if they have to, they'll go around a boulder, right? But it's overcoming that obstacle that creates the growth in the plants. Mm. Mm-hmm. Now, I as like human that. beings, we're the same exact way. Yep. What creates growth, especially in a marriage, is overcoming obstacles together, growing mm-hmm. through something. Because when I grow through something, in order to grow through it, I've got to get to know myself mm-hmm. in order to do that, right? I learn that I'm capable of things I didn't know I was capable of. I learn what's blocking me from getting the result I want to get. And I'm willing to get off of who I thought I needed to be in order to become who I need to be to break through the obstacle. Is it the suffering leads to perseverance, builds character and gives hope? Is it that? Is it kind of like that? Suffering, perseverance, character, hope. Yes. And when I'm doing that with my spouse, we're both doing the same thing because often what happens in challenges is they divide a couple because they don't do what you're discussing that you and Vicky did, where you join together and together you got to know yourself. And in knowing yourself, you allowed the other person to know more about you. Like I'm visioning, maybe not what's there for you, but I'm visioning you guys, the, all that you went through with adopting Nima. Yeah. Well, that's the first thing that comes to my mind. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, what the two of you realized you were capable of and who you became in that. Like I knew you pre yeah. leaving and post leaving. And yeah. I'm like, dang, those two have grown. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, grew, yeah. Right. You okay. grew individually. You grew as a couple. Yes. And like, even just the way you looked at each other when you got back was different. Yes. Right. So you connected because you were willing to know yourself and be known because you had an outcome. The two of you were committed to accomplish together. Mm -hmm. And in that you were willing to die to yourself and become more known to yourself and known to each other. And out of that deeper connection grew. That's true. Yeah. That's the first thing that comes that, that event is the first thing that comes to my mind when, when we're, when we're talking about this, of course. Um, and, and again, to go back to the business piece, cause they're both, they're both important and they're both significant. They're both big pieces of our lives. There are, cause that was a, you know, six and a half month, really a three and a half year process, but a six and a half month deal that occurred, but there are microcosms of that, that occur sometimes on a daily basis. Exactly. Too. Right. That happen all the time, whether you're working together or whether you have a, a spouse or a partner that's not in the business, but you're, you know, you have that connection. And, and there are times where you you're faced with a challenge and you, you have that there's, a, there's, okay, let me ask you this piece. Cause it's making me think about this. There seems to be 
a moment or maybe a series of moments during times like that where you both have choices to make and you can, you, you can go kind of one way or the other, or maybe there's three ways, who knows, but there's kind of like these paths that you can take and they seem to, they seem to tend to lead further apart or, or closer together. Is that fair to say? Yes. Because yes, what I hear you describing is the connection triangle versus the disconnection triangle. In each moment, okay. I'm either choosing connection or I'm choosing disconnection. Yeah. If I'm choosing connection, I'm moving towards knowing and being known. If I'm choosing disconnection, I'm, I'm pulling back and like I'm an isolating. self-protecting. Yes, I'm isolating myself, right? Right. And so whether it's how are we going to generate $5,000 today in our business, right? we can either connect in that obstacle that we're working to overcome, or we can disconnect in that obstacle. And Jeff and I, that can happen back and forth within one day. Yeah, many times. And, and, and so <laughs> when I, okay, so when I think of those times, because, you know, it's also not like you go through a, you go through a, a, a challenging time, especially if it's drawn out for, for weeks or months. And it's like, well, you know, what we did is we just came together that whole time. That's, I can promise you, that's not how it worked for us. It was like, there were times when you're like, well, I never want to see this person again, exactly. but you, you stay in it. Right. Sure. Like I, 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 sure. I'm, I understand that we, we could have what we could have chosen to separate or get divorced or, or never see each other again. And people make that choice. And I get that. But what happened is you, you, you have those feelings and you have that sense, but you, but at the end of the day, you don't give up, you choose to stay in it. Now you, you said something earlier, again, this might've been before we started talking about the, the connection triangles, but the, the connection triangle is when you is when and correct me if I'm wrong, but I hear heard you say the connection triangle when you're choosing to stay in it and be is is a is based on or has a foundation of responsibility. And yes. the disconnection triangle where you're making those choices comes from a victimhood or a victim foundation. Yes. So now that that resonates with me, and I, but I'm not entirely sure why, because I got a lot of or maybe there's a lot of fear surrounding all of that. And okay. maybe it's conviction, Julia. Could be. Imagine so, that. So, <laughs> I don't want to imagine that, but you're making me face it right now. And I'm, and I'm willing at this point. So talk about that a little bit, because I think that's a big piece. Okay. So let me give you a bit of context before mm -hmm. we, we dive into that. Yes. So one of the most common uh when people come in and start working with me in their marriage, one of the yeah. first things I ask them to describe is the current state of their marriage. And what I often hear is, well, we're like roommates. But in reality, I had a roommate in college and I had a lot more fun with my roommate than I'm having with my spouse. <laughs> we're like roommates who are not having fun. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> it's kind of like, but in, uh, it's kind of like the ships passing in the night sort yeah. of feeling right like, exactly i know we're here and every so often i see you i see and there you are and sometimes yes. it's right across the table as we're having dinner right yes. but there's right. there's a there is a disconnect there exactly right and then there's other times where i'm like oh my gosh we're on the same page i think we're thinking the same thoughts yeah right, right? so right. that's a better that's a really good example of connection versus disconnection mm -hmm. And we don't get to one of those realities by accident. Mm. It is a bunch of small little choices. One moment at a time. Am I choosing connection or am I choosing disconnection? Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, the most um, maybe saddest news of all is we, by default, we choose disconnection. <laughs> by default, as human beings, we are wired for disconnection. It's another big because claim. It is. Okay. And I'll actually, I can get you the scientific research behind it if you want. Uh, but it's, it's the victim mindset. <clears throat> we are the wired moment, to be victims or to play victims, not we to are be victims, but to, to play see, victims. We are wired to view life through a victim mindset. Ugh. So think about it. The moment something doesn't go the way you want it to go. Right. We look for someone or something to blame. Always. That's a victim mindset. Generally not myself. <laughs> exactly. 
exactly right right <laughs> where responsibility is when i say this is no one's fault i contributed to what happened what is my contribution but aren't I'm willing- there times when we didn't contribute to what happened aren't there times when it is somebody else's fault here's my issue because i don't want to be a victim i don't sure. and i don't want to play the victim sure i do not yep and yet aren't are I not, aren't I, I don't even know how to word this. Aren't there times when I am in fact the victim? <laughs> there is a moment where you can be victimized. But once the moment is over, how you view it, you either view it through a victim mindset or a responsibility mindset. Even if you were in fact a victim. Because yes. there's, there's no question that people are victims of various crimes and altercations and malfeasance, you know, put upon them by others. And some of those are horrific. Okay. Now I think I get what you're saying. You're, you're actually validating what I'm saying. And you're teaching me that after that, because there is that moment, certainly. And sometimes that moment lasts a very long time, or there are many, many moments in that time period. But what I hear you saying, and correct me, this is, this is kind of an epiphany maybe happening for for me right now. What I hear you saying is that no matter what that is, I'm going, maybe I'm taking a further leap. No matter what that is or what those moments are, what they look like, that we still have the choice on how we handle it or how we view it or how, how our we, life looks afterwards. Help how me with we that view piece. it. How yes. we view it. How we view it. So if you look at victim mindset versus responsibility mindset, they're like a pair of goggles that I look at the world through. And I can either look at the world through the goggles of the filters of victim, or I can look at the world or the event that happened through the, um, through the filters of responsibility. And depending on which one I choose, now this is the caveat that makes the world of difference. So if I choose to look at an event through the victim filters, it will repeat itself. The pain will keep the happening pain again. Will, right. Right. I will keep repeating it. I will keep attracting it back to myself. Right. If I choose to look at it through the responsibility filters, I open up a new future where I can see the choices I made that contributed to that and make new choices. And therefore, I won't repeat the same experience. Okay. Yes. But now you're on you're on some dicey ground here for me. <laughs> okay. And here's, and here's why now. And, and what I'm doing is I'm taking this to the extreme in my mind. Sure. Cause that's what I do. Let's say someone is assaulted. Yep. <clears throat> they weren't responsible at all for being assaulted. And, sure. and maybe there are legitimately zero things they could change to prevent, to have prevented that from happening. Like they didn't do anything. To, to make that happen. It just happened for whatever reason. Now, what I'm, what I'm trying to do is delineate what that responsibility piece means. I can understand the responsibility that I have from that moment on to, ch- I get to choose who I am and how I live my life and the decisions that I make after that. Right. Like that's the, as opposed to, you know, being stuck in the victim mindset um, that, that really is just like a big negative cloud over your life and maybe forever, right. Because of the trauma piece. And I understand that. Um, but I, I also think to to myself on the flip side of that, I can choose the responsibility piece in that I'm responsible for who I am and how I, and how I act and the decisions that I make moving forward. And one of those decisions would be, I'm not going to let that stop me from living my best life. I'm not going to let that stop me from being the best person I can be um, moving forward. But that I don't, I don't like the piece that's saying with a, in a general sense, painting with a broad brush that I'm responsible for what happened to me, no matter what, in some way, shape or form. Now, look, that's a very important distinction. And it's very important that I invite you and the listeners into a very, very important distinction. It is not that you are responsible for what happened, Uh okay? It's that you're willing to take responsibility for your contribution, even if it's 5%. 
even if it's one percent, you will take full responsibility. Now, we are getting into we are in like the deepest waters. Okay, trust well, me, yeah. I have I have walked through pe- through right. horrific mm-hmm. situations with people that were horrific. Right. And so this is not an easy topic. Right. Um, The miracles that can happen when people are willing to open their heart up to this is huge. But to do it over a podcast, there's way too many uh, pieces that would need to be individual conversations. No, I understand. But what I can do is I want to take you to my own experience. Okay. You know a little bit about how horrific my childhood was Mm -hmm. and the level of abuse that I saw and experienced firsthand. Right. So I, uh, one of the things that was blocking me in my marriage was connected to how I saw my childhood and I couldn't seem to understand what, how they were connected. But when I began to walk through healing for my childhood, my coach began to invite me into this very thing. I need you to take responsibility. I need you to stop looking at it from a victim or mindset. And I said, I had no control in the situation. Mm-hmm. I had nothing to do with it. I couldn't mm-hmm. control my father beating me. And he said, you had a choice. You could, you know, what were some of your choices? And I began to say, well, I couldn't have left because he would have, you know, this would have happened and this would have happened. He goes, you don't know that that would happen. That's what you decided would have happened. And I said, I couldn't have said anything to anybody because we knew we were, we would get beat if we did anything that would, you know, say anything out, expose the secrecy, basically. And so it was, it was literally, it was a war for my soul going on inside of me to hear the words he was saying and allow myself to remove the victim filters and choose to put it, look at it through the responsibility filters. And there was a significant breaking moment for me when I realized that at 18 years old is when the abuse stopped because I finally spoke up. I finally said something. So what I began to realize is all those years prior to that, I chose to not say anything. And while that was, you know, a young person making a choice, it was a choice I made. And I have no idea what the outcome would have been if at 10 years old, I would have told a teacher. Mm. It took me till 18 to do that. But when I could accept that I chose to stay silent, that was a choice. And at 10 years old, I didn't know how to, how I could provide for myself. I didn't know if I'd even, if you, you know, whatever, but because I was willing to acknowledge, I chose to stay silent. It broke something significant in me that now I could stand in my life today Mm -hmm. and say, where am I seeing myself as a victim and telling myself, I don't have a voice. I can't say anything. Well, and and don't. Okay. And so that gives me a better perspective, honestly, because here, here's what I, here's what's hitting me now though. Cause you brought up 10 years old. It could be eight. It could be six. It could be 12. It doesn't matter to, on, on one hand in that regardless when you're those ages, sure. Looking back, you could have made a different choice and you don't know what would have happened if you didn't, but this isn't about like condemning that 10 year old or that eight year old or that six year old for not making those choices. And in, because who knows like what your, who knows what your capacity even is in that little brain. And then that little heart, right? Like you could say, right. yeah, I could have made that choice. I didn't for whatever, you know, I was terrified or whatever. And that all makes sense. But doesn't that also make what happens to those little babies that much worse? Like that's, that is what lends to the horrificness of right. those experiences, because especially with an adult, someone that knows better preying on those little kids. Right. But, uh, but, uh, and, and at the same time, it's not like, it's not like they're, they're at fault from a, from a condemnation standpoint. And at the same time, um, making, you don't know what would have happened. You, and that's just like a fact. You don't know what would have happened. Had you gone to a teacher, had you gone to somebody and decided to divulge that. So here's the thing in a victim mindset, we look for someone to blame or someone's fault for it to be someone's fault. Okay. So that's part of the victim mindset in a responsibility mindset. There is no one to blame. There is no one at fault. There is simply a willingness to look at contributions. What did I contribute to those results? 
Okay. So if I can think about, I'm not looking, my dad made terrible choices. My dad transmitted his pain to his children. That's mm-hmm. how it is, right? That's his choice. That's his That's choice. What happened? Right. 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 So I just get to look at what happened and say, okay, what did I contribute? Right. And you and I, I will never forget the conversation you and I had at Texas school where I felt stuck in a situation in my marriage and in my business. Right. And I was like, Jed, you know, basically what was happening is Jeff was in a deep depression. And I knew that I was fully responsible for the business. I was taking care of everything, but I was too scared to speak out. I was too scared to start saying, wait a minute, this isn't working. Something is wrong. Right. And you're like, you, you became the one in that moment that said, Julia, you have a choice. And because I was still viewing my childhood experience through the victim mindset Mm -hmm. of how I didn't have a choice to say anything, it was showing up again later in my life, in my marriage with my husband, where again, I was telling myself I couldn't say anything. Right. And because you invited me into the power of responsibility Hmm. to say you have a choice, you can speak up that saved Jeff and I's marriage and it saved our business because I chose to start speaking truth. Hmm. And so the, 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 the link or the shift between disconnection and connection is truth honesty how do you how do you how do you get there because i got to take responsibility i got to own what's really happening so in the victim mindset we blind ourselves When I'm in disconnection, I'm blinded. I'm seeing that it's this person's fault. I'm seeing that I'm not capable. I'm seeing that, you know, life just goes this way for me, that I'm just not smart enough. I'm not capable enough. And so I blind myself to the responsibility of my responsibility for my choices. Well, you you, there on these, we keep referring to these disconnection and connection triangles. And I, I do if you look over what, what it says, um, you know, the triangles, there's three different pieces to each one. And, and with the disconnection triangle, you have victim, rescuer, and perpetrator. If I'm, if, I, if I'm the victim, I am small, right, um, is, is, is what it says. But, you know, you have a victim mindset. Um, um, you put yourself down. Right. So, or one of the things in a marriage that's very common is until my spouse changes we're stuck here, right? My spouse is the problem. And until they change, nothing's going to change in our marriage. That's a victim mindset. Well, that's the, that's the, is that the rescuer when you're pointing your finger at somebody else and saying you are small so I can. Well, the victim says until you change, I can't change or until you change, this isn't going to change. I don't have any power. You've got all the power. I don't have the ability to do anything because it's all on you. Right. Right. Okay, now that I might, that might sound familiar a little bit to me. <laughs> okay. So there's that. Then what's the difference between victim and rescuer? The, the, the rescuer is, is saying that you are small. Right. That I'm good, so, but I'm stuck yep. because of you. Right. So the rescuer is I'm going to try and fix you. Right. Oh. You're, the, <laughs> you're the problem. So let me just show you how you're the problem so that mm. I can fix you and we can move forward. Mm. The fixer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. I don't know anything about that. So we'll just let that (laughs) one go. Yeah. Okay. So, but talk about the perpetrator, the last one, the third one, the perpetrator, I need to make you small. So I feel big. Is that a conscious decision? Like you're telling your, you know, that you're putting somebody else down to lift yourself up. Or is that it's a subconscious. It's subconscious. You're not aware of it, but that's what you're doing. Right. So if Jeff and I are in a room and we're talking and Jeff's just like, you're not listening. Right. So he may be being very honest with me, functioning in a very healthy way, but you're not listening to me. If I turn around and storm out of the room, I'm functioning as a perpetrator. I need right? to make you feel what? small so I feel big. Okay. Right? If I can't handle the words he's saying, then I'm going to storm out of the room and ha- take the power and say, well, you know, have that. Right. 
You're We're not, I'm, I'm definitely not going to listen now. And <laughs> so he's like, dang, all right, maybe I said the wrong thing. So all of a sudden he starts feeling small and I've got all the power. Uh-huh. So now I'm big again. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I also feel as though that occurs. And I am unfortunately saying this through experience and, and maybe some conviction by using intimidation, by not leaving the room, right? Yes. By actually staying in the room. Yes. And puffing yourself up and pushing that other person down. Exactly. I can, a tone of voice, an attitude oh my gosh, can be tone. perpetrator. I hear, I hear about that sometimes tone. Yes. Yes. One of the biggest breakthroughs in Jeff and I's marriage was all I could see is how he was hurting me. Mm. Right. I kept seeing how he was hurting me. I couldn't see how I was hurting him. Mm-hmm. And when I began to take responsibility for the marriage I wanted and began to look at my choices, it opened up curiosity. And I started asking him like with an open heart, without a jaded tone in my voice, I'd say, I really want to understand how I'm hurting you. Mm. And it blew my mind one day when he said, it's that face you make. I said, <laughs> what, what are you talking about? He goes, that face, when you're really mad at me, that face you make, it makes me feel so small, like I'm oh. the most awful person in the world. Oh. And I'm like, Jeff, I don't know what face you're talking about. I have a beautiful face. <laughs> I'm like, will you please tell me, like the next time I make that face, like, I don't want to make, I don't want to hurt you like that. Like, tell me what face you're talking about. So we were in an argument and boom, I flipped to perpetrator, didn't realize that's what I was doing, but flipped to perpetrator. And he goes, freeze, go look in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> did he really? And I did. And I was horrified. You're like, ah! I'm- <laughs> holy crap that is like i could see the look of contempt was contempt. so oh my gosh oh my gosh it was pouring out of my eyeballs to yeah. him yeah and when he wow. helped me see it i was like oh my gosh i understand so so when we mm. started talking through it i'm like what's really going on inside if i get responsible for <sighs> what's really going on i'm scared you don't like me i'm scared you're gonna leave me so that's my self-protection is to make that awful face mm. because it helps me move out of feeling ho- hopeless and helpless in right. the relationship right. like a defense mechanism almost Yes. So victim is where I go to my defenses. It's where I work to protect myself, but I cannot connect with my spouse until I take responsibility. So when Jeff was able to help me see how I was being perpetrator, all of a sudden I could take responsibility. I could get vulnerable. I could get honest and I could say, let me tell you what is really going on for me. And that's when I flipped to the responsibility triangle and took ownership. And once I could take ownership and tell him what was really going on, I I allowed myself to know myself and invited him into knowing something he didn't know about me. And all of a sudden we knew, oh, you know, like when a dog like lunges at you, you know, oh, okay, they're scared. Let me back off. Let me figure out how to be with them differently. Right. But we do this to our spouses all the time without realizing, oh, they're trying to protect themselves from me because of the stories they're telling themselves mm. about themselves, about me, about the marriage. And if we can get into those stories, take responsibility for them, ownership, all of a sudden, we can go deeper. So it seems to me that one of the challenges, because there are a lot of them that I can that are coming up for me, my just personally, but it seems to me that one of the big challenges is because let's 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 move forward based on your your premises, which is that our default is the victim mindset, right? So we're going to default to playing the victim or being the fixer or being the really the perpetrator and and subconsciously. Yes. Right. It's not like you're aware of, oh, I, I need, I need you to be small. So I have to be, you're not thinking that like you weren't thinking that when you were making that face, you weren't thinking to yourself, I'm going to scare the crap out of him, or I'm going to try to intimidate him. You weren't, that wasn't what was going through your mind, but it it is what you were doing. Exactly. And that's your default position. Yes. It's another name for it is Adam song. Adam's right? song. This, this goes all the way back to the garden. Oh, the first, the first people. Right. It's like first the person. moment, the moment something didn't go the way they wanted it to go. They looked for someone or something to blame. That's what we're he born did. into. He blamed the woman, didn't he? Right. It right. Was her so fault. That's what we're 
<laughs> that's what we're born into. That's wow. why it's default. Boy, okay, okay. There's some all right, crazy connections. Okay, so but here's my so if that's the default, mm -hmm. the challenge, the main challenge to me, or one of the main challenges to me, seems to be like in order to go from the default to this other position, you know, uh, disconnection and connection, there requires some intentionality. Like you have to make it happen. You have to choose it. You have to, and that's gotta be freaking hard. Well, it's not easy. It's not easy. It's called where character development happens. It's called how I grow my character through my lifetime and how I allow my marriage to be the most amazing arena where I allow myself to grow and be developed. Is it and safe to say, oh, I cut you off. No, you're good. It's just, I, well, every day is a day that I get well, to choose if I'm going to live in intention perfect. or not. Perfect. And this, that's where I was going in that. It seems to me that it would make sense to start with the little things, right? Yes. Walk before you, you crawl before you walk, walk before you run type of thing in that, okay, you're in a business with your spouse, right? A good example for us is that Vicky was the, you know, when we were really hardcore in our business together, she was the shooter. I was the guy in charge of, you know, workflow systems and, you know, Photoshop post-production type of stuff. And we, we, we had all kinds of tension there, right? Pointing fingers, you're screwing things up. Well, you're giving me bad files where well, you don't know what you're doing. We well, you don't know what you're doing. We're getting bad results because you suck, not me. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Seems to me that using that as an example, you can take a step back from the situation. And instead of playing that victim, choose to be responsible in that instance. Now, that doesn't mean that it was my fault or is my fault. And it doesn't mean that it was her fault or is her fault. There are issues there somewhere. But I feel like what I'm choosing to do at that point is stop focusing on pointing the finger and start focusing on now, how can we solve this problem regardless of blame, regardless of who's at fault, right? Yes. And maybe it is me or a portion of it is me. And maybe it is you and a portion is you. Most likely it's most likely it goes two ways there at, you know, at some point, but regardless of how heavy it's weighted one side or the other, you're not focused on that piece anymore as much as you're focused on solving the problem, getting on the other side of it together. Is that fair? That is very and that's fair. a small example. And that's something that could happen, you know, a, a little, little piece of this, of what could be obviously at some point, much, much bigger. But yeah. if you start working on those little pieces, right. Doesn't yeah. that then equip you to then start to face the bigger monsters and slay the bigger dragons? Yes. So if you will, I'm going to go real deep and then come back up. Okay. okay. Just make sure you come back up as I'll hold my <laughs> breath for a little while. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so every human being, what we believe to be true about ourselves, what we believe to be true about others, and what we believe to be true about life, we're working every single day to make ourselves right. Okay. When I live in autopilot, when I live in my normal default settings, I'm working to make myself right about whatever I've decided is true. Okay. So in a marriage, <clears throat> one of the reasons we're attracted to each other is because we can make ourselves right about our limiting beliefs. We don't even know we have. Oh my gosh. Okay? So just look at, for Jeff and I's situation. So I believed men couldn't be trusted. Oh, that came out of my pain from childhood. Right. right. Men can't be trusted and they're going to hurt me. Yes. All right. So I don't know. I have this belief, but I go into marriage with my husband and I go into business with my husband. Right. 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 Well, I keep having this consistent conflict that he doesn't meet deadlines for me. Right. He needs to have a client order done by a certain date. Yeah. And I'm the night before I'm like, I need that from you. It's like, I don't have it done. And we had a continual blow up over, you know, here we go. Why can't I count on you? You don't do what you say you're going to do, blah, blah, blah. Right. So as I was taking responsibility for me, a friend of mine asked me, Julia, who, because I was complaining which this is complaints are very important. Okay. Complaints tell us so much about what's hidden under our surface. Right. 
but than anything yeah, else. Good point. Right. So she just invited me to look at my complaint. And I said, I just wish he'd show up like other people do in my life. Oh. Oh. Right. So good. So, so she's like, well, how are other people showing up? I'm like, right. they do what they say they're going to do. Mm. Right. And she goes, but how are you showing up different with them than you're showing up with Jeff? Mm. And I was, first of all, I was mad, you know, cause the victim, the victim comes <laughs> up and it's like, what? what I have no about? responsibility. <laughs> this is all him. Right. <laughs> so finally I'm like, okay, let me think about the people in my life who I'd love to have my, as my business partner. <laughs> right. You think, right. You, right? you do. Cause that's what you do as, as a husband and wife in particular, especially you go to these freaking conferences and you look around and you're like, well, they got it together. Why can't she be more like them? Exactly. Exactly. Okay, right. Right. So I'm like, okay, so these people who I would love to be my business partners, how do I talk to them different than I talk to Jeff? Mm. So I started realizing that with these people who followed through, did exactly what they said they were going to do, ask questions if they needed, renegotiated if they realized they couldn't meet the date they said, oh my goodness, when I turned the light on me, <laughs> I realized that I showed up to those conversations totally different. I showed yeah. up prepared. I showed up with clear deadlines of when I wanted stuff done. Yeah. I looked them in the eyes. I asked them if this was something they could accomplish, right? So we entered into a responsible relationship with one another in each interaction. What that brought me to realize is with Jeff, I kept setting up a victim interaction because I would be very vague. Hey, I need this next week for this client. Right. right? And it was just an assumption like, Hey, can you get that done? I didn't, I didn't even really ask well, that Well, then it question. turns out that you needed it Monday and he finds that out Sunday night. Exactly. Something like I'm using an example, right? Like exactly. you're, you're pushing it right? a little bit. Right. So when I started realizing what I was contributing in, it was in my communication. I started communicating with Jeff in the way I would communicate with someone who showed up for me. And guess what happened? <laughs> Dang! <laughs> Everything was different. <laughs> he showed up. Yeah, right. I'm like, what the frick? It was so. Me, if you the... did say to use this same example to keep going at this, if you were like, "Hey, I need this by next Wednesday morning," yeah. so it needs to be done Tuesday night. Right. You would discover then that it would get done. And okay, I, now I'm going to push it a little bit further because this is really resonating. In that situation, are you kind of, you're kind of the perpetrator, but you're also kind of the rescuer, right? Because you have this, and then it can lead to the victim. Like, oh, you know, but it's, I see perpetrator and rescuer because you're kind of putting yourself into a position where I can fix him. I can make him better. I can, right. But you're mm -hmm. also the one that's, that's, that's perpetrating the situation and that you're being vague to begin with. Yes. But if I flip that. I flip that on him then too, because this is, this is resonating. He's also allowing you to be vague because I am small, right? Exactly. He, he could have said, and what's crazy is I do believe this. And this is so nuts because I've seen it so many times in my own life. We've got the same things going on. We have for, you know, 30,000 30, years since we and so we got married and, you know, who knows? I don't even remember when we got married, but it's, <laughs> it's been that way for so long. Right. And you, and you see it as you get older and you choose to work on it. But what I'm seeing also is that he could have chosen to say, Hey, you know, you're saying next week is next week, Friday or Monday, because that changes things dramatically for me. And he would have done that for somebody else. If mm -hmm. someone would have come to him and said, Hey, I need this, you know, you know, sometimes next week, he'd be like, well, when next week? And you would have done the same thing with somebody else. Hey, I, I, I really need this by Thursday rather than next week. Or if they would have said to you, like, when next week, you would have been, oh, Thursday's good. Right. Mm -hmm. But that you don't even get into that sort of dialogue when you're locked into this victimhood on both sides because you're both playing those roles and you can get stuck there. Yes. And then yes. wonder why nothing's why everything's a mess and nothing's changes because you're because you're stuck in that victimhood piece. <laughs> yes. And why I keep feeling more and more disconnected from myself. Right, it's good. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Right? right. So let me give you a, a good example. One, I want to just make sure that everybody's understanding the triangles and then I'll give you a real life example. Okay. So on the uh, victim triangle, you have victim, rescuer, perpetrator. We've talked about those. Mm -hmm. On the responsibility triangle, we have ownership, uh, request, 
and negotiation, right? Negotiate. Okay. So, uh, so this is a very common, this would be a common thing for Jeff and I in our business, right? So <clears throat> my husband has this thing where when he gets into the creative process, whatever goes on for him inside, it can come out in frustration and anger, and he can be cussing at his computer while he's trying to figure out some new creative thing he's doing, right? I have no idea what that's like either. <laughs> so well, foreign to me. Well, growing up in a violent home, anger oh, yeah. freaks me out, right? Don't right. do, right? Right. So here he's getting angry, right? So I immediately, my natural reaction is to switch, turn into rescuer. He's, You're gonna he's fix upset. It. I'm going to save the day, right? <laughs> yeah, right. So right. I, I start reading And his he mind. needs you to. And in your mind, he, he needs, needs you to. This he is what he me. needs. I am the best wife in the world because right. I'm going to save him from himself, right. right? Right. And you see it clearly. And he <laughs> I doesn't. I see it clearly. Right? Right. He just doesn't know. Right. So <laughs> I put on my cape. Yeah. And I remember that with my marriage license came the mind reader ability and <laughs> I start deciding what he needs. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> so I decide, oh, he needs a cup of tea. He needs, you know, mm. he just, he just needs tea, something, right? right? He needs a cup of tea. So I take him in a cup of tea, right? <laughs> well, he is like, um, I set the cup of tea down and, you know, of course, because I'm in the rescuer mindset, I need some sort of appreciation right. for what I've back, done, right? right? Mm -hmm. I need to be seen as the valiant hero that I was acknowledged, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So I set the cup of tea down and he like, you know, I don't want that. Why, why did you bring that to me? You know, I'm like, well, why you gotta be so mean? Like, right. You're so, you're always so edgy. Why do you gotta be this way? Like the kids are like right there listening. Right. right? So right. then we start bouncing back and forth in the, we both you each, stay each in the triangle. From, you're playing yep. all the different roles in the victim triangle. Ping pong, like all the, the way around. Triangle, I'm the right. rescuer. I'm the victim. I'm the perpetrator. And we're just going at it. Yes. Right. Right. Okay. There's a, there's an example of what life looks like on the victim triangle right. and it doesn't need to be that dramatic. I'm overplaying it, but yeah, <laughs> you're, not. You're, you know, <laughs> it's funny. You're overplaying it for maybe this example, but you're underplaying it from others, right? Like this sure. Yeah, sure. yeah, it doesn't have to be that dramatic. And sometimes it's much worse than that. Exactly. Okay. Yes. Good. We have literally had our, had our hands around each other's necks, <laughs> choking each other oh, at one point. Okay. <laughs> Okay, right. there's a full-on perpetrator. That's an example of it being worse. That's that's an example of it being worse. Okay. Okay. So now if I am functioning on the owner on the connection triangle, right. okay, Jeff's getting upset at his computer. I recognize I'm living in ownership. I recognize what's happening inside of me. Ownership and and, and ownership it says I am valuable and worthy. I'm valuable and worthy. Like I can own me first. Like what's happening with me? Oh, uh -huh. I'm upset because he's upset. But do I need to be upset? What mm. am I making up about his upset? Mm. What am I telling myself is true? Mm. What if his upset has nothing to do with me? What if it's exactly his process? And that's okay, right? So I take ownership of me. And what I recognize is I'm uncomfortable with his upset. I don't know if he's uncomfortable. That's between him and his computer, right? right. But if I can take ownership for my, uh, my uncomfortableness, then I can own what do I need, right? So I if, if I recognize, well, hey, I love him. And I don't, you know, maybe he's, maybe he needs something. I don't know. He knows. I don't know. Maybe he knows. So I'll go to him and I'll say, hey, hon, you okay? You seem a little upset. Is there anything you need? Right. So I'm making a request for him to check in and take ownership for himself. I'm not automatically assuming I know what he needs trying to rescue him. I'm just being with what is. Is it is it fair to say you're not coming in as the hero, but you're coming in as more of a servant or with a servant's a, a servant's heart or mindset? Is there friend. something I can do to help you? You're not even you're not even making the assumption that there is something you can do. Right. You're starting before that and saying, is there some, you're giving him that opportunity. You're actually, okay. In my mind, you're actually giving him the opportunity to transition from the disconnected triangle to the connected triangle, right? It's kind of like you're choosing that and then you're giving him the invitation to go there. It's an invitation, 
right? Okay. And I don't know. He may be completely on the connection triangle, right? I don't know that. you also just, don't know that, right? Right. right. So I'm just saying, hey, it seems like he's a little disconnected with himself. It seems like he's a little disconnected with whatever he's working on. But, you know, let me just be a friend. Let me offer an invitation. Right. I can go in and I can say, hey, honey, are you OK? Like, is there anything you need? You seem a little upset. Honestly, I'm you know, he may decide to take ownership and recognize, OK, yes, this is what's going on. And he may decide to make a request. He may say, you know, yeah, I'm working on this project. I'm really frustrated. I'm having a technical issue mm -hmm. and I just need 30 minutes of quiet. Mm. You know, could you take the kids, you know, they're making a lot of noise. It's adding to my stress. Could you take the kids and, you know, go take them somewhere? Right. Well, that if sounds, I can, that sounds like a good negotiate piece. So maybe well, he's on the connected triangle there. Right. He's right. He's making he's owned what he needs. Right. And now he's made a request. Right. And now I get to decide if I want to stick because I could go right back to victim right there. I could be yes. like, well, oh, well, don't you, you see how much work I have to do? <laughs> why, why do you get free of the kids? Right. Well, that doesn't no. mean that you don't have lots of work to do either, though. Right. Because right? so maybe where, you do. Right. So this is where I get to take ownership for myself. He mm -hmm. he made a request. Mm -hmm. Can I honor the request? Right. Well, oh, I, I see request and boundaries. You are valuable and worthy. Okay. That's right? where we're at. Okay. He made the request. Right? He made a request. Right? So now I need to take ownership. Can I honor the request? I'm not a victim to the request. I don't have to do it. It's simply right. a request. Right. Right. So I can take ownership for me and say, wow, that doesn't really work for me. I do have more work to do. And so together we can negotiate a new plan. Then you negotiate together. Hey, how can we make this work for both of us? Right. You need 30 minutes. I need 30 minutes. The kids are, you know, this isn't the best place for the kids. Right. As we right. work or you, this, could, you right? could say, so. you could decide that, yes. I, I can give you 30 minutes right now, but then I need an hour and a half. Exactly. I can do that right now and I can put that stuff to the side, but then right. I'm going to need more time later. And then he gets to decide, Hey, you know what? That works for me. Exactly. I, I just need that right now. I'll get this taken care of. And then I have yep. the rest of the day to do whatever. Right. Or we could say, Hey, why don't we call your mom? She said, whenever we need her, she'll stop in whatever. Right. right? So we work through that at the end we at the end of that period, there's no hurt feelings. There's no bitterness. There's no stories we're making up about each other. Right. Uh, uh, right. And we do this when we feel those moments as a spouse, husband and wife, especially in a partnership, when we feel on the same page, we do this automatically without thinking about it. Right. Okay. So we gave the leave it to beaver scenario. <laughs> This is we, true. And we did. And, and that's great. And, and I really believe, and we can make fun of leave it to beaver all we want, but the, the point is it can be that way. It can, it can. It can. Well, let's talk about for a second when it's not, or, or mm -hmm. let's talk about for a second. Let's use that same scenario. You go in and you decide intentionally that you are going to take ownership, right? You're not going to play the victim. You're not going to be the rescuer that you, that you feel compelled to be, or that you usually have taken that role as the rescuer. You're deciding with intentionality. I'm going to take ownership. I'm just going to go see if there's anything I can do. Mm -hmm. Right. And right. so you ought, you ought, you say, Hey, is there something that I can do? Is there, it sounds like, it seems like you're upset. Is there anything I can do to help? And instead of coming back as, you know, the, the, re, uh, with a request, let's say he stays in that disconnected triangle. Yep. Yep. What, what is then your, what is the healthy response or what sort of recourse should you take at that point? by staying in the, cause then, cause the other piece of, of request is boundaries. Yes. Okay, good. So this is where I can be like, okay, he's going to stay upset. He wants to be there. No bad. Right. right? That's a choice. Uh, sometimes I just like being on the victim triangle too. Right. right. So <laughs> then I can be like, okay, but his upset isn't working for me. Right. So how do I take responsibility for me? Right. And then I can say, Hey, you know, I'm going to let you work. What I know is, I'm struggling to get my work done as I hear what's going on for you, but I'm going to give you the space to do what you need to do. Right. I'm going to take the kids and I'm going to go over here, or I'm going to leave the kids to watch a movie. Does it work for you if I leave the kids and I go to a coffee shop? Because what I'm doing, I really need to focus and it's hard to do that with what's happening for you. No, it doesn't work for me. I, I need you here to watch the kids. You can't leave. I got okay. all this crap to do. You got to stay here. <laughs> Right. I, That's this no is role problem. playing. Hey, I just slipped into role playing. 
<laughs> it's good. It's good. Okay. So again, I can turn into the victim if I want and be like, oh, he just doesn't care. He never, you know, <laughs> right, does whatever. But right? stay, you stay, you stay on the connected triangle. You're yep, staying so in ownership and you're valuable, right? Yep. So I'm going to say, I'm unwilling okay. to negotiate. Okay, good. You're unwilling to negotiate. Right. So I'm going to say, okay, so what is it that I need? I need to finish this project. Right. And he's not willing to watch the kids right now. Right. So what can I do? And then at that point, I take responsibility for what it is that I need. And yeah. I can call his mom or I can, mm. you know, mm. you take look the at kids. other options. Right. I see other possibilities. And then you I can look at what else might be true. You guys have said that before. And I, and, yes. and I think that's so powerful. What else might be true about any given right. scenario? What else could be true? But when yes. you, cause when you're playing the victim, you're like, I have no other options. I'm screwed. I got, I, there's nothing I can do, right. but what else could be true? Oh, wait a second. Yes. We do have an option in that his mom has said she can come over and watch the kids. I'm going to call her and maybe I take the kids to her and the coffee shops right there. And I discover, well, there's this fantastic option. And maybe I should have chosen that to begin with. Cause that's awesome. Right. And he can stay in his little victim triangle and be upset for the rest of the day. It's not going to affect the kids. They're with grandma. It's not going to affect with me. I'm going to be on my fourth latte, love and life. Right. <laughs> and, right. And because you stayed in that connection piece where you, it's kind of like rational and irrational. I think, I think there are rational qualities that come and we call it common sense, but, and in retrospect, sometimes you see it clearly. Why don't, why didn't I see that that was an option, right? Well, it was because you're in that victim state that prevents you from seeing things that are also true or that could be true instead. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Ooh. And then later, you know, as if I continue to want, because I'm going to need to work through it at some point. You got to right? face it. Still right. there. Right. So once everybody's, you know, had their time, I've gotten my work done. All is good. Mm -hmm. He had his space. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's not uncommon for him to come to me and say, hey, I can see how I responded to you today. You were offering me a helping hand. I didn't receive it. You know, will you forgive me? Yeah. Can you help me understand more about what was going on for you? Right. Right. And then he can go into, I recognize that, you know, as I work on things, sometimes this anger comes up and I'm willing to discover what that anger is about. I don't have to become a victim to the anger. I own that I can begin to discover what's underneath that. You know, or it's, it's, I may go to him and say, hey, can you help me understand more, more, more about what was going on for you? Right, right. Especially in those moments when the heat's not turned up so high. I exactly. Because I stayed neutral. Right, right. Well, and that's, and I think that's the big piece. I, you know, various parts in our relationship and our marriage, both with the business and, and even personally, we've discovered that, you know, you, you and, and now I'm, I'm going to frame it as in we, we, when we stayed in this victim triangle, in the disconnect triangle, there are so many times where things happen cyclically, like you just, you go through this process. And really, I can see now it's, it's you're transitioning from victim to rescuer to perpetrator, from victim to rescue to, to perpetrator. You're not, you're not getting out. You think you're doing, you're trying different tactics, but they're all within the same victim framework, right? And when mm -hmm. we would have like little therapy sessions with, with our friends or even therapists, they would say, well, how did that work? <laughs> I did this and I did this and I, I said this. You know, and it was just like you told me to do, but you know, and, and what in reality, I was looking at her like I wanted her to be in a different state, you know, like I wanted nothing to do with her. Well, that's the tone piece or the look piece or the condemnation piece that she's actually been complaining about this. Well, I've, he does this and he does that. And I've always told him and, and they, always, they always said, well, how did that work out for you? You know, when you, when you did, all, it's the same thing. Well, it's because we were staying in that framework. We weren't, we weren't asking ourselves what else could be true for one thing. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we were realizing that there's this entirely different framework where you could approach it like this. Hey, how about doing this? Well, then he's going to do this. Okay. But don't slip back into that victim mindset when he's going to, when he's going to respond to you in such a horrible way, that's when you can set a very healthy boundary and say, okay, you know what? I'm going to leave you with your junk. I'll use that word instead of another word that comes to mind. <laughs> And I'm going to go and I'm going to go away because I got stuff I need to get done. Right. 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 And I'm going to, I'm going to take the kids here. I'm going to do this with the kids because I don't want them around you. Right. It's not good for them to be around this right now. You work your stuff out. We're going to go, we're going to do this, that, or the other thing. 
And then we'll come back. We can talk about this later. Yes. Is that? Yes. Yes. I am fully responsible for my experience in my day. I'm the only one that can choose it. It doesn't matter what happens to me. I can choose to be responsible for myself and myself alone. Hmm. I don't need to be a victim to what you're doing to me or what's happening. I can choose to take responsibility for me. Okay. And that's the same as a spouse, right? I am responsible for who's the spouse I'm being. If I want a certain marriage, who's the spouse I need to be to experience that marriage? If I am a business partner, who's the what's the business partner relationship I want? Hmm. Who do I need to be to experience that kind of relationship? Right. That's the only thing I can take responsibility for is me. Right. Okay. Deep breath. <laughs> that was really good. Let's let's uh let's wrap this segment up. Give give your website again and yes. ways that people can contact you. Yes, my at the moment my website is in transition. <laughs> so That's it's fine. gonna be best to go to Instagram mm -hmm. at beautiful underscore outcome and connect with me there. You'll be able to uh, get to my website from there. You'll be able to get to um, the different ways that you can connect with me and work with me if this is something that resonates for you and you wanna take responsibility for you. That was, that was really good. Thank you for, for your time with that, Julia. You're very welcome.